Hey you guys, this is Ashley with What's Up Under That. So, I wanted to talk to you guys about autism, ADHD, neurospicy things, and diagnoses. So, um, first off, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all what led to this whole little, like, brain blast. That's a Jimmy Neutron reference for those that don't get it. So, I was watching this TikTok and this girl was, like, talking about how, like, what is it exactly that led her to her autism diagnosis? And, you know, she was talking about all those different things like that. And she goes on to say how, you know, when she told her doctor about it, he pretty much wrote her off. He said that, um, he said, um, uh, that was an insult. His son is autistic and she doesn't exhibit any of the signs that would indicate she has autism. She's like, oh, okay then. So she goes into saying how she gets an appointment with this older white male doctor via Zoom and she put in like parentheses, never get an evaluation through Zoom. <laughs> so as she's talking about it, she said, um, she was like, they didn't end up diagnosing. She said this particular doctor didn't diagnose me with autism, but he did say that I had schizophrenia, uh, bipolar one and borderline personality disorder. And she like lists um, at the top, like why he said those things. As a matter of fact, you know what y'all, hopefully I don't got TikTok turned up because whenever I have TikTok, whenever I have t- JK, it wouldn't let me do it. So I am going, okay, let's try this again. I got the video pulled up this time and um, I don't have the audio on. So she said the reason that he said, wait, hold on. My flashlight is on. Everything is on. The reason he said she he felt like she had bipolar one is because of her special interests, um, her ability to hyper focus and her impulsivity were viewed as mania. Um, he said it was border personality disorder instead of masking and schizophrenia personality traits because he asked to speak to my boyfriend and my boyfriend said that I would hear things that he didn't and I just have insanely good hearing. Now, given all that, the biggest thing, like the biggest takeaway for me when I listened to that was her saying the fact that she was like, literally nobody believed me. And she said, it was already hard enough for me personally to get diagnosed. But she said, it's a lot harder for people of color to get a diagnosis because the autism, um, what did she say? The autism evaluation scale or whatever is based on white um caucasian boys that is what they are basing the fucking scale off of of who they feel is autistic and who isn't now um i had this same exact conversation recently i don't know i will no i haven't told you guys on here but I went to get an um, evaluation for ADHD so I could start ruling out what the fuck is wrong with me. Because while self-diagnosis is good, I don't want to keep figuring shit out and being like, oh, that's why I do that. Oh, that's why I do that. Or, 
oh, this is a tool I need or like I want to know so I can know what direction to research on, especially too, because I am in a group where some of these people thought that their children had issues with learning because of ADHD. Turns out not only do they their children have ADHD, their children are also dyslexic and children that are dyslexic it's 10 times harder for them to learn because their brain is always scrambling everything it's not that they can't focus it's because their brain literally won't allow them to learn like that's literally what it is so um going into the next part because I have not told you guys yet I did start ADHD medication um And that's been interesting. That has been interesting. When I first started it, my friend was like, your energy feels mute. I was like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? She said, honestly, I don't know. Um, Your energy is very prominent, usually very demanding, like not demanding, like in a bad way. Like, you know, when somebody walks into a room and their presence demands attention, like they don't even ask for it. Their presence just demands it. She said, your energy doesn't feel like strong or like bright or demanding. It, It just, it feels mute. And I told her, I said, I feel amazing. Like, I feel fucking fine. And um, I told her I did feel a little bit kind of like shut out. But I was like, I don't mind it because I don't feel like my brain is bouncing off the walls. And um, I started like a whole little YouTube series recording talking about my journey on it. I am taking a break from it um, for various reasons. I won't disclose those yet because, you know, ancestors and they don't like you putting all your business out there. But um, so far, it's been really good. It's helped a lot with me getting shit done. Like I had like all, like a load of laundry that had been piling up for two and a half months because I got that many freaking clothes to go through. And I just I couldn't do it. It was like I was like, it's like. The idea of having to do the laundry just taunted me. And it's like my mom would always be like, why don't you just do it in smaller loads? And I'm like, I already don't like to have to separate all my clothes because I separate my clothes. Like a lot of my son's clothes, I do not dry to prevent them from shrinking. And if I have like special clothes like silk or nylon or things like that, I will hang them to dry so that the material does not get damaged. And let's not take out I can't say bras because anybody that knows me knows I barely wear fucking bras it's just it's too much of a process with laundry and that's one thing I noticed when there are too many steps it makes me very anxious and it makes me not want to do it so I'm just like I just I don't like doing laundry like at all and um I was able to tackle two and a half months with the laundry. I was zooming through all my schoolwork. You know, I was getting caught up on things. I was tackling like, you know, back end projects with my business. Like everything was just fucking great. And, you know, then it got to the point I'm like on this high because I'm able to get so much done. My mind is clear. Like I'm recording episodes for my podcast and I noticed that I'm not having brain farts that are so noticeable that I'm pausing forgetting what I'm saying having to pause the recording of what it is I'm doing go back and listen to it and pick up where I left or like I'm not doing that shit because my brain is actually functioning you know I'm making sure that I not my child 
but I am consistently eating throughout the day because it's like I didn't realize how bad it was until I got on medication and I was just like I would literally damn near go all day without eating and it's not to say like I would starve myself but I would just snack off things and like if my son had something that he didn't want to eat I would just eat off of whatever he didn't eat because I did not have the energy to make myself own something to eat or I did not want to eat and all of this shit was just all bad I'll talk about that in like a whole nother podcast episode but that's a whole nother story but one of the biggest things that it was that I realized was how bad my depression and anxiety was and I remember there was a black lady and then my I know my ancestors put me in touch with this woman because the way that her name her name and not to say this to be like you know disrespectful or anything but it was a very white name for a black woman and she sounded much older so I was like oh my goodness they getting ready to put me with another white lady because I've had like a lot of white doctors and none of them understand me none of them understand what it is that I'm dealing with and you know the lady was telling me like it's not well she gave me one piece of the puzzle she's like it's not I don't feel like it's depression I feel like it's circumstances you know you it was she gave me a whole little spiel and while that was only a piece of the puzzle I don't agree with all of it but I did agree with some of it that was applicable and um yeah so see there goes that brain fart moment that I had that there mm, I ain't even gonna get into that but yeah everything was good everything was everything was great and then came time for my two-week check-in with the doctor and I told him I said look um I'm grateful for it I'm grateful for the medication I've been able to get a lot of things done my mind is not racing all the time I don't feel anxious it's a lot easier for me to make decisions you know I'm making sure that I'm eating a lot more and stuff the depression and anxiety hasn't been an issue blah blah blah. and I told him and I said but I need to get this off my chest I said I feel like the people in you guys's facility need to be trained a lot better and I said the reason that I say that is because I was like I came in there for ADHD diagnosis and I left with a prescription for medication the same day and this is when y'all like I had my moments where I code switch like I and I noticed like this too you know black people already code switch a lot but I feel like this was like a whole different thing like I completely turned that off that code switching mask fell off I said look let me tell you something real quick I said I don't think you guys realize how fucking absurd it is the fact that one, I came in there for an ADHD evaluation slash diagnosis, and you guys marked in my chart that I deal with depression and anxiety when I specifically told you that the depression and anxiety is a symptom of ADHD and possibly the root issue being autism. And I said, and he, and it was like, mind you guys, you know, I, I, have a very bad habit when I get excited or when I don't want to forget something I interrupt people and I have been especially with this medication I've been actively working on that and I sat there the entire time you know I made sure I was actively listening to him you know trying to hear and understand his perspective but also keeping in the back of my mind what I wanted to say now mind you guys as I just said I was quiet the entire time I did not cut him off I did not interrupt him I was very very respectful 
the minute that I started speaking truth, the doctor started to talk over me. And I was just sitting there. I said, wait, wait, wait. I said, hold up, hold up. I let you sit here and talk this entire time. Please do not interrupt me because I was very respectful. So he shut up and he let me finish talking. And I was like, I don't think you realize how fucking insane it is. The fact that I came in here for an ADHD diagnosis and you guys diagnosed me with depression and anxiety and you gave me pills the same day. But I said, how the fuck is that even legal? Like, how how is that shit even legal? I said, because... Imagine if you was a drug dealer on the streets and I tell you, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that, I'm dealing with all these issues, I'm dealing with issues focusing in school. And you like, hey man, look, I got this here for you. I can get this, I got this shit for you, X, Y, and Z amount of money. I said, but somebody on the streets could get arrested for that shit. But you went here misdiagnosing me. Not that I am not dealing with depression and anxiety, but that is not my root issue. I say, you in here, di- di- you're in here diagnosing me with that shit. And giving me pills the same day. But I am sitting here yelling and screaming to you. I need you to evaluate me further. Because while I am getting stuff done, the primary reason I'm getting stuff done is because I do not have the weight of depression sitting on my fucking back, on my shoulders, and on my chest. I don't have anxiety telling me all day that I'm not good enough. I don't have anxiety sitting here telling me I shouldn't do that because then I'm going to be tired. I don't have anxiety running my fucking life and being my primary voice in my head, but I'm still struggling to complete certain tasks. I'm still struggling with feeling like, why do I like an existential dread of doing Anything that requires more than moderate effort. And after I got done saying what he was saying, and this is when I started to like, this is when I like really started to trip him up in a lie. He was like, he he pretty much, I'm trying to think what he said exactly. He said in a nutshell, we're not concerned with treating the root issue where our focus is treating the cause that's exactly what that man said and when I started talking I'm repeating back to him what he said he said no that's not what I said I said it is what you said I said do you want to know why because I'm repeating back to you exactly what it is you said to me and I said that's the problem with y'all up in there is because y'all are in here diagnosing me with depression and anxiety and giving me pills the same day and y'all calling it a treatment plan. Yeah, you're treating one part of what's wrong with me. But what about the other areas of what it is that's wrong? And you know, this is a doctor that I took me and my son to when he suggested pills for my son. And I'm just like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Because, you know, me giving, putting my son on medication would completely interrupt the healing that I'm doing for him. And I'm just like, he does not, he does not need that right now. Like we've really been putting a dent in a lot of different things. I'm like, he doesn't need that right now. But I'm just like, I told him, like, you know, as for me, I'm just like, how does any of this, 
how does any of this help me? Like, honestly and truly, how are you guys really helping me if the minute that I stop this medication, the depression and the anxiety come right back in? And I said, that's the problem with doctors. And I said, I'm not saying this like I'm like I'm speaking from, you know, the top of the throne, because before I came to the conclusion of medication for myself, you know, I was telling you, like, I'm working with herbs, I'm doing this and that with herbs. But what I realized is with ADHD, you know, I'm already, it's different. It would be different if I was just doing it for myself. I'm not just healing my body. I'm also healing my son's body. My son has several things he is allergic to, like five to six to seven different things. And, you know, even with me, I told him like all my allergies and the things that it is that I'm dealing with. And I'm like, I don't want to go that route. But then I realized I cannot be consistent with my own healing, let alone my child's healing. If I do not find something to help me stay on the right track, which is why I opt. I told him, I said, which is why I opted for medication. I opted for medication because while I am a damn good mother, I know that I am in the position to be a better one. And I said, while this has been helping me tremendously, I said, I don't like the fact that you guys are just out here not listening to people. I tell you, I'm dealing with issues with falling asleep. It takes me hours to fall asleep. I'm constantly waking up through the night. I can't focus. I can't get tasks done. I have so many amazing projects within my business sitting on the back burner because I can't focus long enough to finish them. And if I do finish them, it's because I've scrolled on Facebook for hours. I've done shit on my computer. I've got up and done a million other things and made it a priority to come back to that one. Do you know, I told him, I said, do you know how exhausted, I said, saying that out loud is already exhausting. Do you know how exhausting that is to feel that? For all your energy to be drained because you have to do all that just to get one little thing done. And I told him, I'm like, that's not fair. And I said, with all of that, you said, you know, sometimes anxiety can cause your inability to focus. Anxiety can cause you to make it hard for you to sleep. Depression makes it so that you can't complete projects. Depression makes it so that you can't get anything done. And I said, so you mean to tell me that I have dealt with depression and anxiety since I was five years old? And he said, five. I said, yeah. I said, my kindergarten teacher said once that it was a possibility I needed to get evaluated because of things that it was that she was noticing in me that was different than all the other children she had worked with. So you mean to tell me I've had depression since I was five years old? Make it make sense. And it's crazy because, you know, each day I'm like learning and realizing like, fuck, like I really am neurodivergent. But we all want to know what made this shit really click for me. One day I was laying down and I was knocked out. I had a big ass pillow on top of me. I had my blanket on me, I had a big ass pillow on me, and I had a couple other things laying on top of me. Do y'all know I slept like a fucking rock that night? And 
It took me months to realize why. And I said, I have a hard time sleeping because my body is restless. Why is my body restless? Because of ADHD. That is exactly why. And it was in that moment I realized I need a sensory blanket. Not only that, I can't have any noise. When I, any, I can't have any noise. It has to be pitch black. And, you know, that didn't help when I was younger because on top of, like I've told you guys in previous episodes, I am also spiritually gifted. And this is something else that I've noticed with being on this medication. Channeling my gifts for myself is so much easier now because I'm not dealing with the stimulation that just comes with my gifts and dealing with the stimulation that comes with being possibly autistic and having ADHD. So now it's just a matter of me ensuring with myself that I remain grounded so I can adequately receive the messages that it is that I need to for myself. And that was another thing that I meant to say, like as far as like going back with the sleeping thing. When I was younger, I had to sleep with a nightlight for so long and it was because I would see shadows in my room. Like there was always... My dreams were always very chaotic as a child. Me and my friend were talking about that. I've had this same repetitive dream on play since I was probably like about 15 or 16 years old. I'm 29 fucking years old, you guys. And all of these things. And I told him and he was like, well, you know, um, this is just what I do. This is how I approach it. I always advocate for people to get a second opinion. And I said, and that's the thing. I said, because if you guys knew what the fuck you were doing, I wouldn't need to get a second opinion. And I said, I'm not going to be stubborn and just, you know, bully you into doing what the fuck you're supposed to so that I can get the diagnosis that I deserve. And so I can potentially find somebody to also give my son the diagnosis that he deserves. But I was like, y'all need to get it the fuck together. Like y'all need to get it together because I said... The fact that, like, you know, I said, I can only imagine how many people that have behavioral issues when it's really just a neuro, when it's really a neurological disorder and you guys diagnose it with depression, anxiety, or whatever the case is. And that's not the issue. And the sad thing with that is, and I've seen this on TikTok and I've read this from people like in this ADHD, like neurodivergent group I'm in, people are like, Getting a misdiagnosis can fuck with your whole system. If they give you a medication and that is not the medication that your body needs, that shit can have long-term effects on you. And to think that there may be some people out there that have been taking meds for a year or two years and have the wrong diagnosis and what that shit is doing to them internally. And it's like, I feel like I have been being put in a position to start calling these doctors on their bluff and holding them accountable because, you know, the old me would just be frustrated and be angry and I would never see that doctor again. But the new me is like, no, I'm going to fucking say something. And it's like, you know, even me sitting here saying this and me having this conversation with you guys now, I'm just also like. I, I feel like I need to say something more. I feel like I need to go to 
whoever is the supervisor of the place that I intentionally received my diagnosis, speak my piece and be like, y'all need better fucking training in this bitch. Because there is no reason. And the crazy thing is, like one of the people that recommended me to the place was the psychologist that did my um, son's evaluation for hit for autism, which they said he isn't autistic. He just has ADHD. He doesn't look anything like the other children we've seen because autism is not a fucking one size fit all shoe. That's why. That's why he doesn't look the same. And it's like, I didn't say this part, but I'm like, because I don't feed him the diet that most autistic children eat. And it's like, and it's not saying that to take a jab. It's just the fucking truth. Like one of the biggest reasons why a lot of autistic children are so picky when it comes to eating, it's not just a sensory thing because some, a lot of sensory issues are derived from, um, in some cases, not all cases, a lot of sensory issues are derived from vitamin and mineral deficiencies. And I noticed that with my son, like you guys, I've told you guys in like numerous episodes, the only thing my son used to eat was fucking bananas, fruit here and there, bananas, oranges, grapes, and potatoes. And he would eat junk food. Like he would eat chips. I say chips because you know, they're fried and all that shit. Like he would eat chips and he would eat French fries. He would eat all the shit that it's like, it's not so much saying that it's bad, but it's not giving his body exactly what it is that it needs. So where it is now, he eats everything he eats stir fry he eats beans every now and then he eats rice he eats but he is a lot more open to trying a lot of different foods whereas back then there was a lot of things that he wouldn't take and I told the lady I said the reason why he's not like a lot of children that you guys see is because I am on my own ass about his diet I am on my own ass about making sure his body gets what it is that it needs. Like, and my ancestors like tell me all the time, if you did not embark on the path that you did, he would not be as far as he is. Like, I really, really do wish that you guys could have seen where my son started out and where he is now. Like, the fucking transformation is insane. And it's like, I just feel like these doctors really need to start being held accountable more because there is no reason that that should be the norm. Having to go through two, three, and four doctors just to finally get a diagnosis should not be the norm. And what's crazy is... I want to say, you know, there's a paper, a persuasive essay I'm working on in one of my classes. And the essay I'm working on said autism didn't really start being researched. I think, I don't know, maybe in the 90s. Don't quote me on that because the, um, it was an in-text citation in the article that it was I was reading. So I didn't have a chance because I'm like, she was trying to get shit done. I didn't have a chance to like backtrack and see like when exactly did it start being researched but you know shit it's it's insane out here and I feel like 
advocating for for us that are neurodivergent advocating for ourselves is not enough we need to start holding these facilities accountable we need to start holding these doctors accountable especially when you're like me and you've gone through multiple places you have to start holding these people accountable because even to the access for autism place when i had when that was the place that i had took my son to the second time for a diagnosis. We're on our third place for him, my the first place for me. Um I told the man that I was on the phone with and he said, "Oh, we don't do, you know, 3 and 4 hour, what did he say? We don't do 3 and 4 hour evaluations because um what did he say? My bad, y'all. I was checking my notifications. He said, we don't do that because we, we try to make sure we choose really amazing trained therapists that are, are the best and have the qualifications. I said, look, let me tell you something from a, from a massage therapist standpoint. I said, there are some therapists that have been in the game 15 years and some people that have been in the game five. There can be a client that somebody has been seeing for three to four years and the issue is what's the word I'm looking for you've kept the pain at bay but if that person stops going to that therapist the pain all comes back whereas you could have somebody that's been in the game five years and they work on them and that pain is gone and you know I say that too because I've worked with therapists that have not been in the game as long as some people have, and they have taken on old therapist clients and gotten rid of the issue, and now the only thing they go in for them to see is preventative care and not maintenance. And I said, so you, I asked him, I said, you see where I'm getting at with this, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah. He said, no, I totally understand. That makes perfect sense. So I said, what I'm saying here to you is it does not matter if the people in there have X, Y, and Z amount of training because my son is a walking example of the fact that y'all training don't mean shit because we walked out of your facility we had a meeting with your psychologist and you guys told me he doesn't have autism. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? And I said, and this is the thing, if you guys are so well trained, how is it everybody else has these time windows of three to four hours long? Because they know that children that have autism, especially if they're autistic and have ADHD, that they know how to mask. So they have them in those, they have them in that window of time because over time it becomes exhausting for them to mask for that long. And therefore, that's when they really get to see things. If you guys are so well trained, how are you how were you not able to see that my son was masking in your session? How are you not able to see that? I said, because I know what I see at home. But what I tell you that I notice is not enough if he's not showing it to you in here. Because, and you know, there are sometimes there are parents that do this. They will bring their children in for evaluations in some places just to get medication to either put their kid on it or to sell it. Gypsy Rose is a fucking prime example of this, of why doctors 
do not always take parents word for things because there are some parents that will literally try to get all that medication and either drug their children use it for themselves or sell it on the street and I'm just like you guys have got to do better and you know they offered me the opportunity to come back in but I'm just like come back in for what like for what like I can tell you guys these are all the things that it is that he deals with but if he's not if he's not presenting these things to you guys how exactly is that going to be enough for you to sign off and say you know what he does have a diagnosis you put it in a formal letter and now I have something to take with me so now I know what direction to go in because even though, you know, a lot of people in the autism community, and I've learned this just from reading, like reading the comments on TikToks, they don't like the terminology, high spectrum, low spectrum. Um, they don't like the term Asperger's. But, you know, for me, it helps me to understand how to battle, how to better educate myself with understanding my son. There's so many things that it is that I'm still learning about him and a lot of things you know some days are easy and some days are difficult because I don't have the necessary knowledge in order to understand him in the way that it is he deserves to be understood a lot of the things I do recognize because I noticed that I also did them as a child I just didn't know what the term for it was like um with collecting and all that stuff um anybody that asks me like I've seen a lot of Disney movies when I was younger but they're just certain movies that I get hooked on and watch all the time all the time all the time all the time um a couple movies is like Beauty and the Beast I would literally rent that book from the library every week and read the book as I'm watching the movie on tv another one is uh the movie Selena watch that movie over and over again and now I do the same thing as an adult I have my comfort shows. I have my, you know, when I'm in a certain space and this is a show I want to watch. And I have all those things and I have my own little. I also said this too. I think I said it in another podcast episode. I feel like hyper, I feel like spirituality has become a hyper fixation. And I think too, like when people say, oh, why you don't do this? Why you don't do that? And I feel like too, it's because. I'm no longer hyper fixated on it. It's not that I don't want to do it or it's not that, you know, I don't want to take care of this and take care of that. It's because it's no longer a hyper fixation. I have to tell my brain this isn't this is something that we need. This is something that is important. And I think, too, just as far as education wise, that's the thing a lot of people don't understand with people that have neurological disorders. A lot of things are not that we don't want to do something or that, you know, we're being lazy. It's literally our brain. Every day is a constant battle with our brain. And, you know, my goal overall is just to inspire people, empower people, tell my story. You know, there are so many times that I'll be scrolling through TikTok and somebody shared their story and it inspired me to share mine it inspired me to say you know what I go through this too because we need more people to say this is not normal 
because there's too much shit these days in society that's normalized and too many people walking around that are suffering in the shadows, suffering in silence. And it's just, it's not fair. It's not fair at all, especially when you are a neurodivergent parent to a neurodivergent child. I don't think people fucking understand how hard that shit is, how difficult it is. And it's like, even to at one point, everybody used to always say, oh, Ashley, you're such an amazing mother. You're so strong. I see everything that it is that you're doing for him. And I just want to let you know you're doing an amazing job and whole time. I have the same disorder that my child does. So how well is it that I'm doing when I'm literally drowning and I need help? I need resources. But you want to know the one thing I've made it a priority to do? I'm like, you know what? If I am going to hyper fixate on self-development, I'm going to utilize that to hyper fixate on building a community. Because like I told you guys, the whole reason that I got on medication was so that I could be better so I could reach my goals and be the person that I wanted to be and not allow my disorder to take over my entire life. Like that was that was the whole reason. That was the whole reason why it is I did this. So I'm like, why not? Utilize that hyperfixation that I have with self-development and use that to build communities. Use that to seek things that are going to help me to better understand myself, listen to my body and process my emotions in a healthy way so that I have the skills, so that I have the tools so I can give them to my child. Because, you know, as far as with healing his body from all these allergies and gut issues and things. I don't know how this journey is going to end for him. I don't know what things are going to be like for him as a teenager. I don't know what things are going to be like for him as an adult, but I want to ensure that he has the skills and the tools he needs. And that will be because his mom made it a priority to hyper fixate on surrounding herself with a village surrounding herself with community not just one but multiple because the one thing that I have learned about myself is I cannot get everything from just one space I need to be in multiple spaces God has a message for me that is not just in one space and it needs to be heard from all spaces and you want to know too you guys I was in a um a Zoom meeting for a community that I recently found on TikTok. And um, I asked a question at the end of the Zoom meeting. The guy was like, does anybody have any questions? And I said, what do you do when your mind keeps playing on a loop? And how do you break out of telling yourself the same story? Because that's one of the biggest things I deal with. Like I told you guys, anxiety, telling me the same thing over and over again. And I'm going to read to you guys. I'm going to read you what somebody said to me in the comments. And I'm going to read to you what he said. He said, don't beat yourself up for trying to ensure that you feel safe. What do you do when the alarm keeps going off and you don't want to deal with it? And he used that analogy of like, when you walk into a home, every time somebody comes in the door, the alarm's going to go off. It doesn't matter who it is because it's ensuring that the people in the home are safe. But what do you do when the alarm keeps going off and you don't want to deal with it? You find 
And he said, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to deal with it at that time. But what are you going to do to ensure that you feel safe outside of that? And then after that, he said, he was like, I'm an 80s baby. You know, this is for those that understand cassettes and like like CDs and stuff. He said, what do you do when your favorite song keeps skipping? You take it out and you clean it. And when he's finished saying that, because I was taking like bullet point notes, like he was talking, I was like typing half fast, fast as shit. And he was just like, sometimes you have to remove yourself and you have to take yourself out of that story. You have to take yourself out of that place so you can get yourself together, so you can pour into yourself, so you can take care of yourself. When your brain keeps telling you the same story, you remove yourself from that story so that you can be better for you. And then that's when he started like giving like motivational tips and stuff that were really helpful. He was like, you're allowed to be paid attention to. And then another thing he said, the reason I'm doing X, Y, and Z is because I'm scratched up. Oh, he said, that's what you said. Like with the CD, when you, when the CD keeps skipping and you take it out and the person says, well, the reason that I do what it is I do is because I'm scratched up. And then he said, but did you put the scratches there? You need to stop making it seem like your trauma is your fault. You need to stop making it seem like the things that it is that you're repeating in your story that are nine times out of 10 rooting in something else are your fault. So when you have that opportunity, take yourself out, remove yourself and then clean it. Another thing he said, um, relating to the uh, cassette analogy, you allow yourself to stop and you allow yourself to take a break. Another one in this shit really hit home for me because I deal with shame and guilt a lot. He said, take away the shame. My bad, y'all. My son came in. Um, he said, take away the shame from the situation. Take away the shame from the situation that gave it to you. What situation that it was it that made you feel a sense of shame to the point that you keep replaying that story over and over again? And then after that, he said, it's okay to not have it all figured out. You're not going to always have the answers. When you have to remove yourself from something, it is not your job to try to figure out why you had to remove yourself, why you had to take yourself out, why you have to take time for yourself. The point in the matter is it will make sense when it's supposed to. But right now you need to take care of yourself and you need to nurture yourself. And then... That goes into the last thing he said, take yourself out the game when you've had enough or you need a break. And then the last thing that somebody commented to me, they said, your mind is like a library. If it's not aware, there are other stories it can check out. It will keep returning to the one that's the most well read. And the more you read it, the more your brain assumes it's because there's something really important in there that you need to know. You need to identify an alternative story that your brain can start practicing reading in addition to the old go-to. When I tell you guys, that shit like literally filled my spirit. That... And like, you know, by the end of it, he was like, I really hope he said, I hope that answered your question. I said that that answered my question more than enough. That answered my question more than I would have expected it. And I say this, I say this too, you know, just kind of piggybacking off like community. And since we're on the topic of mindset and I'll go about this, talk about this more in another episode. But, you know, one of the things that I'm finding myself doing 
is I am disassociating myself with a lot of the spiritual community because I realize in certain instances that the spiritual community takes their trauma, disguises it as toxic positivity, or they take their trauma, they disguise it as helping helping hands or words of encouragement, and it just shows us projection. And I say that because there's been so many things that have sent me spiraling, like I kid you guys not, because... You know, these are people and, you know, we're all human. We're all healing. We're all learning. But I'm just speaking from my own experience. These are people that are speaking on certain things as if they are law. And, you know, we're all healing and learning from each other. And it's just like, you know, of course, there's discernment. That's what people always say. Oh, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. And this and the third. But it's like everybody does not have the skill of discernment. Everybody does not have the ability to turn off that story sometimes that keeps replaying in their brain. It takes time. Like if you guys only know the shit that constantly goes that has been going in my brain for almost a year and it's taken, you know, my best friends and different people to help me close the book on that story so I could find a sense of peace and I just feel like sometimes and you know this isn't to say that it's all but sometimes people in the spiritual community do a lot of projecting and I know I was one of those people at one point and that's what's made me you know have to take a step back and like really sit with myself and really find community outside of the spiritual community because it was always oh you have this and you have that tool and you have this and you have that you know even going as far as hoodoo like you guys I do I and that's what I realized too I practice a lot of African spirituality and it's like I get it you know I can do this and I can do that but that's one of the things that I'm trying to heal from I'm trying to heal from always feeling like I have to do 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 sometimes I just need to feel my shit Sometimes I just need to say, you know what? I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. Like I get, you know, I can make a healing jar. I get like, I know how to do jar work. I know how to do spell work. I know how to do all that shit. But sometimes, and that's what this other girl said in the comments. Sometimes I just want somebody that mentally gets it. I don't always want words of encouragement. I need somebody that can sit with me and listen and just gets it. I don't want to always have to, you know, speak affirmations over things. You know, I don't want to always try to happy my way out the pain because this is real and I'm a human and I'm feeling this shit right now. And that was one of the things too that the guy said in the live. He was like... Sometimes people just got to be fucking real. Like, you're not going to tell somebody that's going through the pain in that moment. It's a purpose in your pain. That's why a lot of black people don't do well with helping people process pain because they ain't even processed their own. They ain't processed their own fucking pain. 
All they know how to do is pray through it. All they know how to do is say it's going to be all right and it's going to get better. It does not feel better right now. And that has always been my thing when it's been shit that I'm going through. It does not feel better right now. Those times that I wanted to commit suicide, when I felt like this world would be better off without having me on it, I wasn't thinking about what my life would be like with my future children. I wasn't thinking about, oh, maybe I could have a business one day. I wasn't thinking about how none of my fucking family would feel. I was thinking about what can I do in this moment to make this pain stop and do you guys know even after multiple attempts of trying to kill myself the pain never stopped you want to know why the pain never stopped because nobody ever took the time out to listen to me nobody took the time out to make sure I felt heard except my friends that were teenagers because they know how heartbreaking it would be to lose their best friend because she decided to kill herself because she felt like her presence was no longer needed on this earth. But now I am at a point now, the reason why I'm still here, the reason why I'm still here right now is because there were people that listened to me. There were people that listened to my pain. There were people that let me scream. There were people that let me cry. There were people that let me get angry. There were people that saw how mentally tired I was and they made sure that they held space for me when I needed it. And sometimes that is what people need. They don't need the positivity. They don't need the it's going to get better. They don't need the I'm going to keep you in my prayers. They need somebody to listen. They need somebody to understand. That's it. That's it. Because you notice a lot of time in the movies when somebody is on the edge of the bridge because they want to jump off. And, you know, some people feel like, you know what? People have been not listening to me for too long. It doesn't matter. And they still jump anyway. And there are some people that... Having somebody sit for four and five hours listening to them talk is just what they needed. Sometimes that's all people need. That's literally all it is. And I think, too, that's why there's a lot of things I've stepped back from. That's why I am so vocal. And a lot of my podcasts are not just ways you can help yourself or tips that I learned it's me out here telling y'all the real deal shit because people need to know that not only is there a solution but there is somebody that understands there's somebody that gets it because that is all I have wanted with the deep murky ugly nasty emotions that I've been feeling since I was a teenager I just needed to know and understand that there was somebody out there that got it. Because too often we see people on social media and we see this idea of perfection. We see this idea of cookie cutter life. But we don't know what their story is behind what we're seeing on the screen. We don't know that. 
And that makes us feel like it's a little bit harder to open up. It's a little bit harder to say what it is that we're dealing with and what we're going through. Because everybody's presenting as if things are okay. And, you know, sometimes it's not just saying, this is what I went through. Sometimes, you know, that's why God puts people like me here, like people on TikTok, people on YouTube that tell you guys not only the story of what they went through, but the process of getting there. Because when you guys see me in the happiest fucking place of my life, when you guys see my son doing things that who knows they would have never imagined, when you guys see my business thriving, no, I busted my ass, blood, sweat, and tears to get to that point. When people tell you when they're happy and they say how long it took them to get there, they're not lying about that shit, y'all. Even though happiness is an inside job, you have to fight for that shit every day. And when you finally make it to the other side, you have to fight to stay there because there's going to be everything in life that is going to want to pull you back into a place that you fought so fucking hard to get out of. And that is the space that I'm in right now. I am transitioning, but I'm still fighting. I am still figuring out who Ashley is. What does Ashley want? What ways is Ashley hurting herself more than she's helping herself? I'm still learning. But I am taking the knowledge from my experiences, the things I've learned, the books I've read, the conversations that I've had, so that... I can put that out there for other people to hear because there was a 15 and a 14 year old me once that needed to hear everything that the me now is saying. So that's that child. I did not expect this to be damn near an hour long, but here the fuck we are. You know, it's what's up under that. You know, what's up under the sheets? What's behind the curtain? What's up underneath what you show to the world? So I hope y'all have an amazing week. Um, And I want to put this out here to you guys. I don't know if to say first or next because I haven't put it on Facebook yet. But I, for those that know about it, I used to have a service called Come and Talk to Me. And, um, you know, it's a space where you can vent. You can get advice. It can be intuitive or it can just be general. This is what the fuck I've been through. Or if you just want to let it all out, I will be opening that back up very soon. It will be donation based via spirit. So whatever it is that you can afford, because there's been so many times that I did not have it all. There was a lot of times that I did not have it and there was still somebody that was there to listen. So like I said, will be donation based. If that is something that you feel like you need or you are interested in, follow me on Facebook at Brujas Blunts and everything in between LLC. And I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye.